Ah, good morning. It's a Friday, June 16th. 908 and a half right now in the morning. We've got 62 degrees outside our Columbus Road Studios. And they say they'll top out at 73. So we've got 11 degrees to go. Normally Fridays we have um, free-for-alls. But it's been a, a month or two since we've been able to talk to the mayor, so we, we got it scheduled. And he's here today, Steve Patterson, Athens City Mayor. Ah, good morning, folks. And Steve, good morning. Good morning, Dave. Welcome. And, uh, you know, you have become involved in a number of... Um, well, national organizations as well, but um, you know, if you're mayor long enough, they start <laughs> inviting you, right? <laughs> yeah. And um, yeah, I guess they, so. Yeah. So um, you know, when you are attending, well, first of all, let's name a couple of those such organizations that uh, you travel to to participate in. Yeah, probably the one that I travel the most frequently to is uh, the inter. Well, the the National League of Cities, um, where they always have one conference a year in Washington, D.C., and then they have what they call the City Summit. This year it's going to be in Atlanta, Georgia, and that's, mm-hmm. that'll be in November. Um, in, when, or in July, I'll be heading off to Tacoma, Washington for that conference. Um, it's called the Boards and Leadership um, Conference, and since I serve not only on the board of directors for NLC, I also am the co-chair for the Race, Equity, and Leadership Council under the National League of Cities, NLC. So I'll be out there for oh, about four days attending that conference and engaging with my counterparts from across the U.S. Um, also, um, Come July 1, I will be the past president, uh, currently the president of the International Town Gown Association. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I just got back from their annual conference, which was in Fort Collins, Colorado, um, which I we had a retreat slash site visit in Fort Collins back in October of 2022. I got in trouble in Fort Collins once. <laughs> Did you? <laughs> I can see that being... <laughs> Easy to do in Fort Collins. Yeah, For, yeah. You no, know, Fort Collins is really oh, it's cool. quite a beautiful city. Yeah, yeah. and I also had a terrible accident there. Did you? Yeah, auto accident. But anyway, well, I, I hear the 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 big accidents now in Fort Collins are bicycle accidents. They have so much bicycle friendly infrastructure yeah. in that city. Yeah. It's just mind blowing. Um. Plus, you know, you're looking at the front range, the Rockies, you know, in Fort Collins. But, you know, the other thing that really didn't strike me, but something, there was something about the city that just made it look really clean and, mm-hmm. and presentable, I guess. But you couldn't put your finger on it. and That was true even back in the 60s when I was there. Yeah, there was something about it. And yeah. finally, somebody mentioned to me, that uh, did you notice that all of our power lines for the entire city are underground? Yeah, and it's yeah. like, at, before that, no. I couldn't figure out what it was. 
uh, and then it dawned on me it's like yeah there's no overhead lines anywhere in the city i'm looking out your you know the studio window power lines power lines yeah, power lines yeah. um utility lines so all of that was pushed underground but they told me that was like a 30-year process they yes. started working on it uh, or discussing it in the 1960s um and it and then uh, 30 years later, it became a reality to where all of them, and the funny thing is, and I didn't notice this because I didn't have a rental car when I was there, so I didn't get around a whole lot. But they said, you know, you can always tell when you've left the corporate limit of uh, yes. of Fort Collins where all of a sudden the power line poles pop up and yeah. are strung. <laughs> they're out. So. So and, anyway, it was and a of course, really cool. uh, it's not just electric. It's, uh, oh, it's you know, cable. Telco, it's everything. Yeah, you know, everything. Well, anyway, yeah, it, it is. It is um, um, you do notice those things, even if someone hasn't mentioned it to you. Yeah. It's, it looks so different. Yeah. Beautiful city, though. Yeah. Well, the reason I asked about all these different organizations that you've been engaged with and, and in some way, well, anyway, you know, there's a social aspect too. And you folks have dinners together and stuff like that. And you're seated at tables with other people in similar roles. What do you boast about? What do I boast about? In Athens. Oh, look at Athens. I mean, well, what, yeah, I know this, but I want to hear what about? you say oh, to these you know, guys and gals. Probably one of the number one things I share with them is that we are leading the state uh, and are among the top five, top six cities in the nation when it comes to our role in decarbonization. Oh. Yeah. yeah. Uh, you know, we have we lead the state when it comes to residential and commercial solar that's out there so our, our a lot of our residents have solar um i know a lot of businesses have solar we're we have uh, are well into the construction of a 2.5 2.4 megawatt solar array down by the community center Oh, yes, that's, those, it, in the pools and everything. It's yeah, just the, amazing. The solar array in front of the pool is completely built out, and uh, as I understand it, it's operational. And the, as I understand the, it, it's saving about 35% of the cost of operating the pool. Uh, yeah, it's, it, well, it's it's going to save us even more six years from now when yeah. we have our power purchase our, our purchase uh, agreement. There's, so there's a clause inside this contract with, Kokosing Solar, um, Third Sun was was uh, was purchased um, in partnering with Kokosing Construction, and so yeah. it's got to be one of the larger, if larger, utility scale solar companies now. So they're the ones that are building this, and we have a six-year agreement to where we have the right to outright purchase the system um, at the at that sixth year mark because they will have realized all their gains their capital gains and whatnot for the project um, their revenue gains and so our plan is to purchase it once we do that we'll have debt service on paying for that system moving forward in time but that also means that the electric bill at the wastewater treatment plant is going to get cut by almost two-thirds which means i don't have to budget 
$325,000 a year for power to that building. You know, cause that's it's electric bill is pretty steep. It's the largest wastewater treatment. The wastewater treatment yeah. plant is down the on, uh, largest electric consumer. Down city. by the ballparks. Yeah. That's the water treatment. Oh, plant. wastewater. That's by the, um, well, right behind the city pool. That's right. Yeah. Right. Okay. Now I got it. Yeah. So anyway, so that's, that's uh, one of the things I certainly tout um, when I'm out and about talking about a lot of our initiatives, you know, slowly transitioning our vehicle fleet to EVs. Um, yeah, so it's... We'll talk about that just a little bit more. Uh, electric vehicles. Um, are we talking about um, uh, police cars? Are we talking about uh, fire vehicles? Are we talking about um, city maintenance trucks? You know, what, it, what are we working on? Well, we currently have... We currently have, trying to remember, That's all right. four or five, six EVs. I know that the uh, Engineering and Public Works has one, the Community Center has one, and I believe it's three that the Code Office has. Um, so we're talking about cars and light trucks. Yeah. And EV, folks, just in case you didn't catch it, electric vehicles. No electric vehicles. Yeah. Okay. Now... Uh, so you have five or six now, um, and how many more could we go to? Fifty-six. Fifty-six. Now, when you include, when you count all fifty-six, uh, are there some types of vehicles the city has that? I'm sorry, some roles that city vehicles play in that they don't want to be electric. Uh, well, well, as I understand it, there is an electric. Uh, pumper truck out there on the market for the fire department. We don't see that. Okay. Uh, you know, something in the city curious. or you know, larger pieces of equipment yeah. or um, our larger dump trucks and whatnot at this point in the game. No. Uh, we do have an e electric vehicle bus that's running on the streets. So the Athens Public Transit has an electric bus. Yeah. Which is really pretty cool. I could see. Um, in the future, there being more of those, um, you know, in the future, we could see, you know, three quarter ton trucks that could be electric moving forward. You know, some of some of the midsize trucks. I'm still learning about that whole electric vehicle stuff. It's pretty cool. Uh, we're going to apply for, uh, you know, Andrew Chickey, Deputy Service Safety Director, is working really hard on putting together a multi jurisdiction charging station grant um there's a a pretty sizable grant that's out there through the department of energy uh, it's part of the inflation reduction act to increase the electrification of municipalities so they have the ev charging um, facilities to where people can hop off the highway you know, we're looking at possibly getting one down here on Columbus Road because we know with the street improvement that we're going to be doing, we got a, we did get a grant for Columbus Road. I believe it was about uh, $1.3 million, which will be from the corporate limit up to roughly uh, the Laurels, Circle Drive. Mm-hmm. Um, so what's going to change out here? Well, we'll get a sidewalk in. So we'll get uh, or either a sidewalk or we'll get a protected 
um, active transportation path, if you will, okay. kind of like a bike lane slash mm-hmm. um, pedestrian usable um, roadway that's protected from the road. So we're going to make some some interesting changes. We'll get decorative lighting that goes all the way down the Columbus Road to make it to where it becomes a more attractive entrance into the city because it's one of our gateways into the city. Plus, mm-hmm. as you just noted, you know, I'm looking out the window at uh, the former WATH, WXVQ uh, yeah. station, I, which is now a, a pile of a pile rubble. of rubble. Yeah, um, folks, um, yesterday I left the office, I don't know, one o'clock or something. And to this morning um, when I drove past the former building the radio station had, it is completely demolished and piled up, and they have, you know, the vehicles coming to remove all the debris. And, um, wow, I got to run over there and take a photograph um, right after our show. So is that now going to be, is that part of White's auto sales? Yes, Hugh White uh-huh. Automotive. Okay. <laughs> they, they purchased that property. Well, there you have it. And, you know, we had a lot of um, furniture and um, filing cabinets, you know, things that over the years you've gotten, and and now we didn't need them in the new facility. And um, so I've had, um, you know, like New new to You or Restore and Goodwill, all those organizations have been... um, Picked through it. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) <laughs> well, there's you know, going to be newer development down there, I yeah. guess. But certainly across the street from you with the Marietta, Marietta Memorial. Memorial Hospital. Yeah. That, uh, they're pushing dirt like crazy. They're building retaining walls in the back. Right. Uh, and then that project, once they get it to where they've got the foundation slab with all the infrastructure, uh, water sewer, all that in place, they're going to start bringing in some rather large semis that are going to be rolling in with prefabbed components to this hospital. It's all going to come and become like a big Lego to just snap and play. And this I whole have, thing is um, going to go up in no time. I recently saw a like a, a, a picture of what it's going to look like. And I was impressed. You know, it's it's going to be a whale of a facility. <laughs> and whale, I don't know if that's complimentary or not, but it's going no, to be it, large and it's very good looking. Yeah, it's going to be a nice looking facility. Um, we were hoping that they might be interested in having a, what's called a, a DC fast charge charging station. Mm-hmm. So there's different levels of charging stations. You know, there's a level one, level two and a level three level three is basically a high voltage charging station to where you can plug your vehicle in and within you know with really within 30 minutes it'll charge your vehicle back up to 80 percent of its capacity you know stick on stay on it for an hour or so and it'll fully charge your your vehicle yeah um so they're really conducive to putting in areas where people might want to just jump off 33 uh, or 50 in the city or 32 for that matter and roll into the city because they need to charge they're heading somewhere else 
they'll stop, have some lunch, maybe check out a shop or two, spend some money, and then get back on the highway and away they go. So, uh, like I said, we were hoping that Marietta Memorial would want to put one there. Um, they indicated to us that they weren't interested, so we're, we're exploring some other possibilities sure. here on the Columbus Road corridor. But again, that'll be part of this project as we're kind of fleshing things out on Columbus Road. But Well, I was unaware of all these plans, yeah. uh, or some most of those plans that you just mentioned. That's cool. Yeah. Um, yeah, well, we'll look forward to it. Um, so other points that you like to boast about when you're at these organizations? <laughs> uh, you know, I often talk about, because well, people ask me, like the International Town Gun Association, you know, you're there engaging with, you know, individuals from over 300 town gowns across mm -hmm. the nation. And, you know, they often ask, what's your relationship like with the university, given that you're the mayor? And, you know, I always, my response is always the same, that it's the best that I have ever experienced since I have lived here in Athens, which was, I moved here in 1998. And, you know. Um, I'm just curious, where did you move from? I moved here from Memphis, Tennessee. Okay. I was uh, a research assistant professor at um, University of Tennessee College of Medicine uh -huh. in the pediatrics department. Yeah. All right. Now, go on. I didn't mean to interrupt. Um, so they always ask, you know, what's your relationship like? And so, like I said, when I got here and into the early 2000s, I remember things like Mill Fest, Palmer Fest, High Fest. Uh, I don't even know if High Fest was a thing back then. I know that Mill Fest and Palmer were. Yeah. Palmer in particular. And I still remember, you know, in the 2000s, students taking, or residents, I should say, taking couches and coffee tables and whatnot and putting them in the intersection of, of Palmer and Stewart, or yes. Palmer and Mill and Stewart and Mill. And torching them, you know. And here's these big fires that now, not only is our police and uh, police department having to sit there and go down and manage a late night crowd, substantial crowd, but now the fire department's having to go down there and put it out. And it was, uh, and it was during those times. And you may remember, Dave, in 2012 there was a house fire on Palmer during Palmer Fest. Mm -hmm and had to be somewhere between six and 7,000 individuals that were partying down there. And uh, meanwhile, this house, mid-block, smoke was billowing out of it, and the and the revelers were, yes. yeah, imputing, cheering, it. cheering yeah. you know, burn, baby, burn, and, yeah. but also uh, impeding the fire department from being able to perform their job and put the fire out. Um, I even remember there were individuals kind of huddling around the fire hydrants, mm -hmm. making it difficult for the firefighters to realize, okay, there's the hydrant. They know where the hydrants are, but still, it's like, oh, that's just yeah. not cool. So all that said, there were, there were some pretty significant tensions between the city and the university uh, in being able to 
protect and make sure that things are going smoothly in the city. But, you know, I, I'm not going to say since I became mayor, because that wouldn't be accurate. But, you know, really, when I got on council in 2012, I was appointed to the Joint Police Advisory Council, which is one of the city's 20-some-odd boards and commissions or councils. And I was the charter chair of that organization as it was brand new with Chief Andrew Powers of OUPD and Tom Pyle, who, by the way, is retiring at the end of this month um, after... Really? Yeah. Oh. 35 give or take years of service. Mm. Tom is awesome. Um, he's been a great chief, but he's retiring. But anyway, the two chiefs put this organization together. I served on it and it was, it was in the 2012 time frame, 2000 within that, mm. like I said, time frame that we started rethinking how we could make things safer uh, but also work together. And so I know that President Weil, or President Weil, um, Mayor Paul Weil and President Roderick McDavis, you know, were meeting monthly and trying to figure out how can we make these events safer and not as destructive as they had been. And so one of the things that happened was we started making sure that the event was being closed earlier than it had been. I mean, these events would go on until 2.30, 3 o'clock in the morning mm -hmm. back in the day. Um, so we shifted gears and started shutting things down earlier. And so currently, and this is basically what the student body comes to expect with these large parties, is by 4 o'clock, they're by and large done, that they're over. They also start partying earlier. It's kind of funny on a Saturday morning during Mill Fest or Palmer <laughs> Fest that they're walking yeah. around in their pajamas with a cocktail in their hand or whatever. Um, a six-pack of Natty Light. Mm. Um, but anyway, um, so I talk a lot about the our town-gown relationship here in Athens, which, again, is, is wonderful. Um, I just met with Hugh Sherman um, yesterday afternoon, um, which... I, not yesterday afternoon, the uh, Wednesday afternoon, where I meet with the president monthly. Um, I've been meeting more often, interestingly, um, not on a regular basis, but I just met with the, the dean, Jackie Ulmer, of the College of Business. Um, so that's happening. You know, I've engaged a lot with sure. the dean of the, uh, the Voinovich School. Um, who is Mark Weinberg, Dean Weinberg, after 45-plus years. Yeah. is He's the founding dean for the Voinovich School, and he's retiring. Um, and the new dean is Tracy Plauk, who will be taking the helm um, after it being run by the same individual, like I said, for 45 years. <laughs> There's going to be some transitioning for sure that takes place there. Plus, we have our new president coming. Um, who is here, uh, but will officially take office on July 1, I believe. So lots and of change at the university, and it's good change. Help me out. Lori's last name again? Um, it is Stuart Gonzalez. Okay. Lori Stuart Gonzalez yeah. is he is uh, July 1st, as uh, Steve mentioned, will become the new president 
of Ohio University. Yeah. And um, she's here and in the transition phase and all of that stuff. Yeah, a lot of transitioning going on. Yeah. yeah. So I have my first meeting uh, in her with her being in her role as president on the 11th of July. So that's coming up pretty soon. Looking forward to that. So when you meet with other mayors or other leaders in communities and so on about the nation in the various posts that you serve in, um, and, and, you know, you're sharing stories, um, is the reaction, wow, you know what I mean? Do they Are they amazed that the town-gown relationship is as cool as it is? Now, of course, I can say, well, it could be better here, it could be better there, but it's also awesome in this area and that area and so on. But, I mean, are they, um, I guess what I want to say is envious. I, I don't know if they're envious or not. Um but, you know, I've been attending ITGA since 2013 when the conference was in Buffalo, New York. And I don't ever recall seeing a panel to where a seated mayor and a seated university president sat there and talked about their community together. Mm-hmm. Um, Hugh Sherman, President Sherman, joined me in, at the ITGA conference in Clemson last last summer um, and he and I and another individual were talking about about town gun relationships and some of the things that we've been able to achieve together and you know the comments that we got after the fact were like wow we have never seen you know a mayor and a president of the same community coming together and talking about what they're doing and it was talking about a lot of things like during our panel discussion, we talked about how the university um, was willing to um, give a permanent easement to university properties for us to construct the Richland Avenue pedestrian passageway, the, uh, the, the tunnel walkway, if you will, that goes between West Green and Baker Center and Porter Hall. Um, you know, and the university also, you know, came forward with financing for right. it as well. They they brought about $700,000 to that project. Um, and that's been happening a lot. You know, the new North 1804 Way, which is a road that didn't exist, that is, uh, comes off of the Stimson Avenue roundabout. Again, that was university property, but the university recognized that it would be great to have a corridor that comes into the university off of Stimson Avenue. Because mm-hmm. um, otherwise, you and I both know, you had to either wander, kind of jog all the way around on Palmer and Stewart to get onto campus, mm-hmm. and you know, you cut through neighborhoods. This is uh, basically a, a roadway that goes straight to South Green Drive, uh, mm-hmm. which is great for university events for move-in for football games you know things of that nature sure so that was a, a collaboration with the university and the city you know the university gave the city uh the right to use a good portion of the driving range down at west state street ball fields for soccer fields so uh it was 
not necessarily being utilized. So that was a good move on their part. You know, one of the biggest things that's going on right now with the university and the Board of Trustees today will do the final vote on the migration of, give or take, 100 acres of the ridges. So basically where the Kirkbride building is and a lot of the other outbuildings to include Conacher, um, the auditorium will migrate to what's called the new community authority, um, which is under the Ohio Revised Code, a way in which state properties could be put into uh, this NCA, New Communities Authority, and therefore make it easier for um, finding, well, one, qualifying for different tax incentives, but number two, getting developers to come in and start developing properties. Mm -hmm. um, so that's going to be going on. The city, under this agreement, um, and city council had a special session yesterday morning at 8 a.m., which is rare that there's a special session that early in the morning but all they, my years they, on council i can't remember ever doing that yeah right well we had to get ahead of the board of trustees to sit there and get pieces in place on the city end so yeah. um so we had that meeting yesterday and part of that was an agreement to where we have um i'm I think it's approximately 30 acres of parkland down there at Southside Park. Yes. Which includes things like the... The Rotary the, Park. The Rotary Park, the shelter that. house. Yeah. There's two shelter houses. So there's the shelter house off of Dairy Lane that goes... I think that's what it's called. Whatever the road is that goes up by the miniature golf. Uh, there's a shelter house there. Um, the city will retain that. But we would be um, either... Uh, exchanging property uh, on, with a two for one. So the university would come up, would give the city two acres for every one acre. And it's approximately eight acres that we would put into the new community authority. Um, and that would allow for, you know, the building of townhouses or single family homes, because that's going to be part of this process is mm -hmm. to generate more housing here in the city of Athens, but also preserving the Kirkbride building, the, you know, the Ridges building, um, and turning it into basically mixed use to where there can be restaurants in there. There could be little shops in there. There could be artist uh, living spaces to where they have their studio and they live basically in their studio. There can also be condominiums for uh, for senior citizens. There could be condominiums for anybody in there. So there's a lot of lot happening with that. And so the city's doing its part. Um, the site where the miniature golf is um, is a piece that we would again either sell uh, into the new communities authority or that we would trade it for land elsewhere because um, one of the things that i have thought about for a long time you know one of your neighbors here on columbus road havar you know they have been the organization that has really kind of maintained that miniature golf up there um, it's been difficult to do uh, and challenging and the miniature golf 
is not ADA accessible up there either. Um, and so now is an opportunity to rethink that and maybe put a new miniature golf course somewhere in the city uh, and making sure that as we do it, we also have it to where it's usable by everybody. So exploring more about that as well. So anyway, that's back to your question about the relationship. And, you know, I, I don't think people are envious. I think they're certainly interested and intrigued by well, the relationship that we have. Once again, I've got a little history in this stuff. Um, I think it's the best it's ever been presently. And uh, there are other cities very envious of the, how well Ohio University and the city of Athens work together. So, way to go, you know? <laughs> yeah. Um, this, this, uh, you mentioned earlier with the solar project, arts, arts parks, and recreation. Mm. Of course, I had a long involvement with that as well. And golly, I am so proud of our facilities. And they've um, done a lot of upgrading to the facilities in the past year or two. And then adding this solar component, which will save money uh, on operations. Um, and um, I heard, um, oh, help me, her name. Catherine Ann Jordan? Yes, Catherine Ann Jordan, who's the current uh, director of Arts, Parks, and Rec. I heard her um, say, at this facility, the solar is going to save this much. And at this facility, another different one is going to do this. And, and, um, and they've upgraded pickleball courts outside and tennis courts. And, I mean, they, they're just really doing a lot of neat things. She was on the show recently, too. Oh, good. Um, I think that's right. Yes. Anyway, um, we are fortunate to have the things Athens has. And I, I take a lot of pride in some of that. Um, feature street projects. Now, you mentioned Columbus Road. Couple others you might bring up are we were notified by the Ohio Department of Transportation that we're going to be getting a little more than a million dollars that will go towards replacing or creating new curb cuts, ADA accessibility because mm. it's needed. You know, there's several places where they don't exist. We need to put them in. Um, or there's Which some, is the very shallow ramp right. down to street level from sidewalk level. Right. Okay. Right. You're going to see a big project. Well, I say big. Uh, it's going to certainly change the look and feel of the intersection of court and union right in the heart of right in the middle. Yep. Yeah. To where we're going to to make it to where we can finally be truly ADA accessible because I was down there with Dr. Carolyn Bailey Lewis mm. and she wanted to show me firsthand. She said, look at how difficult it is for me in my electric wheelchair to get up these lips to where as you cross the street from point A to point B in any direction um, on Court and Union. And she has to weave oh, yeah. and move yeah. and and attack the even attack the uh, the ramp at different angles because you know in some cases there's a lip that's more than an inch high mm -hmm. well that that violates ADA all over the place so what we're going to do is we're going to 
basically cut out the the curb ramps that as they exist and we're also going to for the diagonal crosswalks as well as the north south east west um, crosswalks we're going to remove the bricks just from those cross crossings and put stamped concrete in kind of like you see when you're going from the parking garage to the city building which was something that Mayor Sarah Hendricker did back in the day because um, she didn't like walking across the bricks uh, that existed at the time. And uh, so she had it to where it was stamped concrete that went in. Uh, that's another ramp that needs some serious attention because it is currently not, the angle is wrong for the city building's curb cut right there on East Washington. Um, and that, and then to top that off, not only is the angle wrong, what's sitting right in the middle of it, but a flagpole. Mm -hmm. So right in the middle of that, that accessible ramp is a, is a uh, flagpole. So we're going to be doing some changes there too. But the big one, like I said, is going to be court and Washington, our court and union. So that'll be big. So we got, like I said, $1 million plus, I think it was 1.09 million or something. Um, that'll be happening... Uh, I think in 2025 or 2026, uh, I mentioned that there'll be a pedestrian passageway of some type along Columbus Road here. The other thing is that we received notification that we're getting $1.4 million from ODOT to, to construct a new roundabout at 682 and 56. 682. Oh, yes. Okay, got it. Yeah, down by White's Mill. Yes. And the ODOT garage. So we'll put a large roundabout down there, which will be wonderful. So now, uh, update us. We got a huge project, a roundabout at the end of Simpson. I, you know, I can't tell you how many times I've gone by there and glanced over and say, they're about ready. Yeah. They're about ready. But it seems like I've been saying that a long time. Where, when is it going to open? You got any hunch? Uh, well, the roundabout. I mean, that I whole complex. The whole thing. There. The whole thing is supposed to be done by October. October. Yeah. What I have been told is Are they, they ahead a, of schedule, do no, you think? No, they're two weeks behind. Oh, okay. So it slipped a little bit. Okay. But it's still going to be in the fall that that project is finally completed. Part of the roundabout is open. So if you're coming from Belle Prix, and you want to go to Stimson, you can do it. You know, you just, you, there's an exit, <coughs> excuse me, that goes down onto the roundabout and you go a quarter of the way around. The I round, didn't know uh, that. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So go check it out. Okay. It just can't go all the way around yet. Well, um, as many times as I've glanced at it, I can't quite figure it out yet. But I, I think once we do, once it's open and we get to use it, it's going to be remarkable. Yeah, yeah. And, and while we're talking about this, talking about getting used to things, if you're traveling, if you're traveling basically north on 3350, going towards, you know, say you're going from the Richland or the South Y, Richland Avenue exit, yep. and you're heading down on 33 towards the city, um, if you're continuing on to Columbus or Nelsonville or wherever, if you're continuing north, 
you've got to stay in the left-hand lane, which yes. none of us are used to doing. Yeah. We're used to, I can be in both lanes. My buddy Suzanne keeps saying, get over. Got to get over. Yeah. And you might and by as well over, just we're get talking over about early. Just to the left. <laughs> Correct. Because yeah. it is only the left lane that continues on 33. Yeah. The other lane, you know, will take you to Belpre. Yeah. You're, you're jumping on 50. I'm so interested just keep in the that way in you mind, pronounce Belpre. You go Belpre. Belpre. Yeah. Belpre. Belpre. Anyway, it doesn't matter. I don't know which is right, but I've never Lancaster heard someone. Lancaster versus Lancaster. Yeah. Oh, well. That I one, that one I know is wrong. Anyway. Um, but, yeah. Um, the, the, the lineage, the lines and everything have changed. They have changed. Yeah. So just beware. I see so many people, you know, when you're getting there and it's like, Oh wait a minute! I don't want to go. Yeah. You know, fifty east, and then they have to jump over. It's like, yeah. Get it? You know, it takes getting used to. I did it. You know, for probably the first trip or two, and now I know that I've just got to jump all the way over to the left. Nine forty-nine and a half, about ten minutes remaining in today's program. Our guest today, of course, Steve Patterson, who uh, joins us each month. And. Um, Although we've had a couple months we've missed, but yeah, we're, right. we're catching up today. Now, um, let's talk about um, city staffing and different key people and their roles. Because there have been a few changes, there have been a few um, promotions. Bu, 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 bu. Um, so, um, just off the cuff, update us. Let's take... Um, well, we have a new police chief. Okay. And we mentioned this a little bit. We, we did. I mentioned that, and uh, that Chief Pyle is retiring. And now our new, well, soon-to-be new chief, because Tom Pyle won't retire until July 6th is his yeah. last official day. But the new, new police chief is uh, Lieutenant Nick Magruder. So Nick has been a... Uh, police lieutenant for a number of years and um, uh, has risen through the ranks and is, mm -hmm. like I said, now is the chief. So he'll be the, the new chief. He's going to be throwing out the first pitch at a Copperheads game um, during the the city typically has a employee appreciation night to where we go to a Copperheads game. And uh, it was funny because... Ron Lucas, who's the HR director for the city, he and I were kind of scratching our heads going, you know, who I was, I'm going to be gone. Unfortunately, I'm going to be, I think, um, I'm going to be on vacation. So I won't be at that game. So we were scratching our heads going, you know, who should do it? And uh, he thought, well, you know, why don't we have our new police chief? See if Nick McGruder would do it. And so I ran into Nick as we were clearing documents out of, the Armory, which is a whole other story that you and I can talk about. Um, and I, I leaned over. I said, hey, any chance you'd want to throw out a first pitch at a Copperheads game for city employee appreciation? He goes, heck yeah. He goes, I used to have one heck of a knuckleball. It's like, <laughs> so, so good. Yeah. You know, he was a pitcher. So it's like wonderful. So he, that's going to be happening. Uh, Catherine Ann Jordan, we just spoke about her. She's doing phenomenal work with the 750 acres of parklands that is the city of Athens. Um, we've got uh, Chief Reimer, um, Chief 
Bob Reimer is mm-hmm. our fire, fire chief. chief yes. Doing great things with our property down at the end of Kenny Drive, uh, over by what used to be Kerr Distributors um, and now Southeast Beverage, um, in putting together, working on uh, fire training. Um, yeah, they they had uh, for several years wanted to build a, a training center uh, of sorts, and and uh, one that where people could practice climbing into taller structures and all that sort of thing. That's happened, hasn't it? Or well, or it's at least it's slowly midway. it's it's slowly moving forward. We haven't gotten a burn building yet okay. out there, but what Bob did buy is three. I think large conix boxes, and so he's going to have the insides kind of uh, set up to where they're like going into a residence and mm-hmm. just fill them with smoke and have the firefighters figure it out. Which, by the way, this is probably a good public service announcement: is that the fire department is doing training down at 32 South Shannon. Um, there's a house that's going to be demolished down there, and okay. they have been. They gave permission to the fire department to do some like um, practice stuff. Practice entering in. Yeah. They're going to have um, smoke. There isn't going to be a fire, but right. they are going to have a smoke machine that has smoke. And isn't that so, happening as we speak? Yeah, it is. It started at nine o'clock this morning. Okay. So just FYI, everybody in the city, if yeah. you see a bunch of fire trucks and smoke billowing out of a house at at 32 south shannon it's okay yeah (laughs) it's not on fire our fire department is doing training you know bob's doing training they do training all over the place they um had a, a litter carry um where people were put in a litter and uh were kind of hoisted via rope across from one point in margaret no in uh the walter field house you know hooked up to the ceilings yeah, or something yeah. and just had people being almost like zip lining except safer safer <laughs> yeah um david riggs is the director for code enforcement and development um he's been doing an outstanding job um you know paul Logue um is still our city planner uh although you know paul's um has health challenges that mm-hmm. uh but uh has been an amazing city planner um uh we have uh sully alabaja who's our director for engineering and public works who came to us after 40 years of work with odot so he carries a whole lot of institutional knowledge and expertise in how to get grants across the finish line when it comes to our success in applying for ODOT grants. Like I said, I just listed 1.3 million Columbus Road, 1 million for ADA curb cuts, uh, 1.4 million for the roundabout. Those are all ODOT funded projects. Um, So, and it's really fascinating. ODOT recognizes the city of Athens as a city that when we apply for funding for a roadway project or anything transportation related that we deliver. And so it's not a difficult decision for them when they see our grants come across as to whether or not we'll, we, we can deliver because we do. Mm-hmm. So, so huge successes there. Uh, racking my brain, uh, 
who else for the city? Of course, we've got you know our other elected officials, uh, the law director, Lisa Eliason, um, who is one of our longest standing elected officials, uh, as well as Kathy Hecht, who's the city auditor, who's been city auditor for 16, 18 years. She's been auditor for a long time. She's on city council before that. Um, yeah. Yeah. A lot going on. A lot of great people working for the city. I look around. Andy Stone is my service safety director. Andrew Chickie, who we've already mentioned, is the deputy service safety director for the city. Uh, Ron Lucas is the director for HR. So when I look across the city staff uh, and directors, we have just outstanding people in those roles. Like, you know, I, I couldn't be more pleased with how things are, are clicking along. I mentioned the Armory a minute ago. So yeah. for those of you who have driven by the Armory lately, you'll notice something that it's noticeable. We have replaced all the windows in the Armory, so it's looking sharper. We removed those iron grates that were on the first floor windows, which were not original to the building uh, when it was built. So from a historic preservation standpoint, they're going to remain off of the building. And uh, we ended up getting $2.5 million from the Appalachian Communities Grants to pretty much complete the capital stack, to completely renovate the interior of the armory. And that work will be... Um, rolling on, you know, over the next few months as we start to bring it back to life again. Now, you know, we've got the History Center. We've got Mount Zion. Yep. We've got uh, the Armory. We've got, okay, so the purpose or future of the Armory is to do what? It will become a co-work, share work space on the first floor, which is the floor that's on grade uh, give me an example of what that would be. People who are working remotely have a place that where they can kind of do their work and not have to sit at their kitchen table 24-7 or seven days a week, six days huh. a week, five days a week. Yeah, you can. it's just another option to where they can go to the armory and sit in a really nice environment and uh, do their work or have small, small meetings, okay. uh, collaborate with other digital commuters or remote workers. We got about a minute left. The... Drill floor, um, which is where there used to be boxing matches, yes. smokers, and things of that side, yeah. you know, rummage sales. That will be a open, flexible space uh, to where there can be musical performances or we can have small conferences in there. And then the Athens County Foundation will take over the second floor or the mezzanine, and that'll be their home. So it's uh, a lot of cool things going on. Well, Steve Patterson, as always, we love having you each month, and uh, we, we've missed a couple, but let's get it going again. Sure. And um, keep up the good work and keep us informed, too. And anytime we can help you otherwise, let us know. All right, we're out of time, folks. We want you to have a wonderful weekend, okay? And let's see here.